Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I almost forgot our line there, guys. Oh. Well, you partied too right? hard. That's right, right? That was right. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> Sounded. Thank you. Fine. <laughs> Did the did the cadence sound correct? It's not any the words. It's, it was informative. <laughs> the cadence was right, and so okay. I was yeah. I zoned out. I don't. I, you know, I just I knew something had to come out with that many syllables that had followed that same rhythm. So that I I think it's right. <laughs> we all said our names. That's the important part. That's, That's really what matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tagline's there, and the it's in the podcast. We got our names there. right. Yeah. Uh. Do uh, do you all wish when we were little that we would have gone to camp, like sleepaway camp? Well, Sid, I, I I mean I did. What camp did you go to, Sydney? I went to that. Oh, I, I forgot you went to that. I went to Republican Youth Camp. I no. forgot you went to Republican Youth Camp. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, how did you not know that? I, for, I, knew, I forget I that sometimes, Tay. Yeah. I can't believe you did that. I, I mean, not that you, I know you didn't choose to. No. I just can't believe that happened. Yes, you know? against my desires, I, I went to Republican Youth Camp, I think twice. I didn't oh. know that. And it was an overnight Republican Youth Camp. Oh, it camp? was like you were there for like a, uh, like a week or two. Like a week or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. I forgot you did that. You did that. Camp Lincoln. Can I just clarify too? This wasn't some attempt on our parents' part to like make you a Republican or indoctrinate you. It's weird that you had to because mom was never a Republican. No, it's weird that they chose for you to. You know? Yeah, I don't. It was. It wasn't. I didn't. Really, I, I I learned everything I needed to know about politics at Republican Youth Camp, which is just <laughs> summation was nope, no thank you, nope. It's so you know, and there was never an attempt to get me to go. Like I don't ever remember if it. That's or if what I was, was going to ask is how did just one of you end up going? I don't know. I mean the connection. I mean. It, Grandma Jody was connected to the camp yeah. because she was a Republican in the legislature, probably at the time. That that probably tracks that it would have been the same time she was serving, you would have been going to this camp. And so I know that she went and like, I don't know, whatever, do you lecture? What do you do there? Well, I think she was one of like, she was like, a, <laughs> I don't know, because I think dad went too. Like, I think it was a thing from yeah. when, when they were younger. Yeah. Like, she was one of the yeah, founders dad, or something. Like, Dad definitely went when he was younger. She, like, would... I don't know if she was a counselor. She would just speak there. I don't know. There was family history, so... What do you do at Republican Overnight Youth Camp? Yeah, what did you all do there? Do you remember... Do you have any memories of, like, what are the activities? Because, like, I, like I can't I've, imagine, like, arts and crafts are part of it. I've, I've blocked a lot of it out, but, like, a lot of it was we would form two political parties... And run against each other, and and you would like the the right and the far right, like yeah, <laughs> old school GOP or like Tea Party and Trumpers or Maybe the Federalists and the Nationalists, maybe. <laughs> oh my oh, no. god! Uh, it was I don't know. I just oh no, the Nationalists, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I I remember I don't know like the America First Party. It was. It was bad. 
I remember they would make us stand outside and compete for who who got to eat dinner first. It would be whoever was the loudest. So we would just stand outside in lines and scream. And sometimes <laughs> it would be in the rain. And you're just it's like, I don't even want to eat. I just want to get inside out of the rain. So I'm going to scream. I think that's a lesson in republicanism. Um, <laughs> I think they were, try- they were trying to like, it sounds like, okay, I don't know. But it sounds like the kind of stuff that you do if you're one of those awful people who like get dogs and try to train them to fight, because that's all horrible, right? Like I'm not this. Yeah. I, I've never done this, but I bet it's like you do things like that to make them mean and angry, so that they'll fight. That sounds like that kind of behavior. Like let's do this to these kids to make them mean and angry. Oh, I remember they it made us. They woke us all up once, like scared us all awake at like two o'clock in the morning to have an emergency sh- session about. Uh, the right to carry water guns on the camp property. <laughs> and we all had to get up in the middle of the night and go to the, no. the whatever meeting house and discuss water gun control. I Water guns were allowed to be carried. I don't know. I was just don't want to sleep. Do you think, do you think that's still going on? That camp? It's gotta Probably. Be. It's gotta be. I just, I, Camp Lincoln. A bunch of, I feel kind of bad that like a lot of, because my friends at the time, I think this was high school, middle school age, I forget. God, I blocked all this out. Uh, but a couple of my friends went with me and they kept going back. Like, I think maybe I only went once. And after that, I was like, no, thank you. Never again. And they kept going. So I, the, the indoctrination did not stick with me, but some of my buddies did. <laughs> I well, and I can see. Um, I can't. I can't tell if it's still going on or not. You, you all are better at the internet than me. You guys can probably figure this out. Um, was it in West Virginia? Yeah, mm. it was somewhere in West Virginia. Uh, we have a lot of camps here. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense. It's a, lot it's a rural state. There's a lot of outdoors. A lot of trees here. A lot of trees. A lot of trees in this state. Come down to West Virginia if you want to see some trees. We got lots of them. Um, I, I can see the, like, I'm young and I like the camp, like the whole camp atmosphere doing fun stuff together. And I don't really buy into this whole, your whole thing, but camp is fun. Like, I understand. Like, I think that's a normal kid reaction. Like, I don't really like all this stuff, but I, 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 we never went to church camp, but I went with friends who were going to their church's church camp once. It was like a church retreat, so it was like a camp weekend kind of thing. And I went with them. It was it was weird on many levels that because I you know growing up Catholic, we didn't do a lot of that stuff. But I know that like they weren't there for the religious stuff for the most part. Like they were there because it was fun to go stay at a camp and hang out with their friends and like see if they were they could kiss somebody while they were you know what I mean. Like it was very it was not about the overarching theme for most of the kids there. Yeah. Um, Camp Lincoln does still exist, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, we missed it this year, guys. Oh. It was June 25th through June 30th. So, where is just it? Missed it. What county is it in? Um, that's a great question. Their website does not give you much. Uh, but if you want to know the official description, Camp Lincoln is designed to educate young West Virginians in the workings of our two party system and build leadership skills for the future. That's all it says? That's all it says. That's like a trick. Yeah. (laughs) 
I I remember in the, like some class we we would have to take where they the the teacher drew like a maybe it was a bell curve on the board. And he was talking about like the two American political parties and where we fell, and you had to go and stand on like where about on the board you felt you were, and everybody got up and of course stood on the right. <laughs> Oh and I was the only person on. The, I was like all the way on the left on the other side of the board. I was like, I don't, I don't agree with any of this. I don't think this is accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm way over here. Oh look, I'm by the door. Oh no, I'm, I'm out the door. Oh, I'm no, never coming bye. back. I'm running. I'm running actually. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time. Uh, this was, this is a very long time. I was in kindergarten. I think that would have been the, um, Bush. Dukakis, I think, election. That's a long time ago. And if you're young, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about W. I'm talking about the first Bush. And they asked us in kindergarten who we wanted to vote for. And obviously, I didn't know anything about either candidate, but I liked the color red better than the color blue. Mm. And I remember coming home and telling mom and dad that I voted for the red person because I like red. And mom being like, well, me and your papa voted for the blue person and then just being like devastated like i got it wrong (laughs) i voted for the wrong person i just liked red we did that same thing except it was uh in 2008 and it was obama and uh mccain is that the was that 2008 yeah yeah wrong 2012 yeah Mm -hmm. and i liked but i liked blue better so i picked the blue guy um and I went home and I remember telling mom and dad, like, everyone picked the red guy and I picked the blue guy. And I don't really know what that means. But <laughs> the sad thing is, is that there are a lot of people that are allowed to cast a vote and they probably vote that same way. <laughs> <laughs> I was seven. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a huge part of, I mean, having run for office and failed, I will tell you that a lot of the advice I was given in the campaign arena is like, if they just recognize your name from having seen it on a sign, their chances of voting for you go up dramatically. If they just look and go, I think I saw that name on a sign, they might vote for you for that reason. Wow. I got to admit, I have done that. And some of like the smaller, you know, like elections, like local ones that like you don't really ever hear anything about Mm -hmm. and you don't know who anyone is and you can't even like look up information about them because it doesn't even exist online. And you're just like, well park board saw that person's name on a sign i guess so okay i guess they tried harder than the other one yeah i don't know uh, name recognition i mean something yeah. like that no that, well i i was asking because i spoke at the national youth science camp oh that's the cool. other night Man, I w- and it, it was a very cool camp i would have liked to have done that instead of what i did that sounds better yeah if, the only ones i ever had the option of doing were the catholic ones i didn't do those so yeah. science would have been better. I didn't know. I mean, this this was around when we were kids. I just, I don't think we ever knew about it, but they pick like, you can have up to three delegates from every state in the country. And then they have, I think nine other countries are represented by delegates as well. And they all come to this place. And I mean, we are talking some of the most rural part of an already very rural state in West Virginia. It's in Pocahontas County, which is a gorgeous part of the state, but there's not, I mean... It, if you are used to a more urban landscape, it will look very unfamiliar to you. There's lots and lots of trees and <laughs> All right. plants. Sydney and those trees. Are you describing, like, uh, you're just describing, like, forest right now, Sid? I think people know what that is. Yeah. 
Well, it's just, I mean, you will drive for miles and see nothing. There are many like, trees and lots of plants. Very. There are no roads. N- no bi- bo- big buildings, none. It's none near the, um, the Radio Telescope Observatory, Green Bank, oh, yeah. which like is a, they have, that's like an electronic quiet zone so that they can pick up the radio signals from outer space. So like when you get into that part of the county, like you can't have cell phones and they drive diesel cars and it's a really cool. Anyway, wow. there's a camp out there. Wait, and it was, diesel. what is that? What it has to do with like the way that regular like engines, non-diesel cars, like the, they can have, there can be interference with the data that is picked up or something. My non-diesel car is interfering with the, the space telescopes yeah somehow that's wild. i don't know i listen, I, I don't not i don't not believe you i, I like just, the i liked the gushy sciences the ones that have to do with like gushy things like people and animals like and have to be germs gushy. i like i like the gushy sciences the stuff the phys, the physics sciences i was never those are always the ones that i'm like i will work my butt off to get through this class and then never think about this stuff again <laughs> But anyway, I bet that place you were is a good place to encounter an alien. I bet they have a lot mm-hmm. of those. They have a lot of those encounters up there. Um, yeah, aliens, cryptids. Oh, nice. You know, nice. Um, and and I mean, it was a gorgeous like the camp is a gorgeous little clearing across a one lane bridge, and I mean, it's just it's very picturesque. It's what you would imagine. The camp's been around since like the '60s. It's been around a long time, and I have to imagine. Like, or maybe the 70s. I have to imagine it was built in the wake of, like, Homer Hickam, Rocket Boys, like, West Virginia sort of staking our claim as we can be science, too. Like We can be science, to us. too. <laughs> we, can be science. we have people here who do things other than coal mining, and, like, we can be part of other things. And Anyway, there's a National Youth Science Camp there. It was very cool. The, the, uh... I want to say kids, but they're all like high school seniors, so some of them are technically adults probably, but either way, the young people who attend the camp are all what you would think, brilliant and ask great questions and thoughtful and will go on to do amazing things. And I got to spend an evening talking with them. One of them asked me why America uh, has such an anti-science problem. (laughs) That's a big question. question. I said... Uh, I know. I said, I, you know what? I don't think I, I think that the answer to that is so huge. I don't think I can, you know, I think it's bigger than I alone. I have thoughts. I have some reasons that I could give you that are concrete for some people, for some groups, but not as a whole. So I don't know. Maybe these kids will fix it though. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say about camp. Well, if only I'd gone to science camp instead of. (laughs) Republican youth camp. <laughs> well, maybe it radicalized you, Ty. Yeah, I would say that. I'd say that's probably true. I would say I didn't really have firm political beliefs at that age, and that definitely solidified them as like, oh, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> Please remind me, though, to ask mom and dad the question, why did you never even suggest it for me? Well, I think, it, I mean, I remember at least... Part of the reason was that I really wanted to go to camp. I liked the idea of camp. And so they're like, well, here's this. Our family used to do this. You could do this. Like, I think that was that was kind of it. And maybe they thought you would 
I mean, you were always very hardworking. <laughs> Does that what, what's that supposed to mean? That's something that Republicans value, like work hard. No, no. And so maybe they thought like this will be a good fit for Taylor. These are other people who value hard work. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> I was trying to think why they would think you would ever be into that. And that's the only thing I could think of is like, well, I mean, Taylor was always very hardworking. I just like the idea of like being out in the woods and like, you know, telling ghost stories around a campfire. And I, I didn't know I was going to get that with a side of <laughs> indoctrination. Indoctrination and and food deprivation and sleep deprivation. <laughs> It really wasn't that bad. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't stick. If that's the way we're raising the West Virginia GOP, a lot of things are starting to make sense. (laughs) I'm sure it was different when when Grandma Jody was involved. Uh, So that, Taylor, let's just talk about what we're going to talk about. I have no lead in. I have no. Um, uh, No, I don't either. Uh, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, not I guess yeah. non-specific Harley Quinn was my was my choice for this week because just Harley Quinn the character. Yeah, well, there's so much media with her, and it's I mean I feel like t- when you look at the character and how she's progressed, it's really cool. Like, um, of course, Harley Quinn, a character from the the Batman universe, or DC uh, as a whole, DC Comics, mm-hmm. um, but she didn't start out in the comics. She actually started out in Batman the Animated Series, which I think is one of the first interesting things. Like, she was just sort of a side character for one episode, and uh, uh, people responded really well to her, so she made a few more appearances, and then eventually transitioned into the comics. Um, I will tell you that when you chose this topic, I just, I was sitting there with the girls uh, the next day, and I was like, girls, I need to watch some something with Harley Quinn in it. Uh, do you all want to watch something with me? And they were both like, yeah, yeah, of course. They were excited. And I, the first thing that came up, because I just sort of like put in Harley Quinn. <laughs> sure. And looked around. And what came up is from, I guess, that is that what the animated, that current animated series is called, Harley Quinn? Yes, it's just Harley Quinn. Is that the title of the series? Yep. Okay. That, that's why that came up. And it was, I know I had watched some of those episodes, or I had attempted to with the girls before, and like, the violence kind of freaked them out. Yeah, that, the, that is not for kids, the new Harley Quinn. Well, so I didn't know that, um, but I I remembered like, some. uh, I was looking at it, I was like, "Uh, we watched a little bit of this before, and like, pretty quickly someone got shot, and there was blood, and the, the girls were like, ah. Like, you know, I don't know. We don't watch a lot of stuff like that. So they were kind of freaked out. And I was like, eh, we can't watch that. But then there was a Valentine special. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, and it'll be about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And that's nice. And like this, it's a Valentine special. So I watched that with Charlie and Cooper in the room and then very quickly realized that I was going to have to like get them out of the room or fast forward or watch more later. I did not know what I was in. Now, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, that's a pretty... But I had to stop and, and continue later when the children were not in the room. That's for the best. There's a lot of things you don't want to try to explain in that episode. No. No. 
I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't want to spoil it if anybody hasn't seen it. But is um, there like kissing? Is there kissing? Yes, there is kissing. <laughs> that is well. I'm. That's I like kissing, like wink, wink, like a, a lot of mooching. a lot of the plot revolves specifically around kissing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and like an action, like uh, every through a series of other things. Everyone accidentally, everybody in the town gets exposed to pheromones from poison ivy. And so everybody is immediately aroused. Um. <laughs> and I did then, not watch this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That sounds like that was fun for you to watch with your children. Yeah, I would, I would, I would go, if I were, if if you'd asked, I would have said maybe some of the some of the Batman animated series episodes are okay. That's some we've, digestible Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, they just get really, especially Cooper gets really excited. She does her makeup like Harley Quinn a lot. For some, yeah, and it's weird because she hasn't seen a ton of stuff with Harley Quinn in it, hmm. but she already very strongly identifies with that character. Well, she's in the what is that? I've not, I've actually never watched, but the kids. What's the DC superhero girls? Mm-hmm. She's one of those. Yeah, that's true. There's um, there's DC superhero girls, and then there's the what's the high school one called? Um, I, I, for, I didn't know there was a high school. They're all they're all named something like all these shows are named some iteration of like superhero kids or DC superhero something. You know what I mean? Like they're all they all have similar names. So I, I kind of they run together. There's one though because there's one where they're little kids and she's still friends with them. She's kind of I I like it because in both series they have like Batgirl and Wonder Woman and like all of your the ones that you accept are the superheroes who hang out together. And then they, they're the ones who will later, you assume, become supervillains, who also hang out with them, and they're still friends, but they're kind of like the, like the mischievous ones, is how they're painted. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of chaotic. They get in trouble at school sometimes. They'll, like, break curfew. You know? I mean, like... <laughs> but they're not bad. They're not trying to harm anyone. They're not... They're not obviously trying to do supervillain stuff they're just like they don't follow rules already and the superhero girls follow all the rules mm-hmm. and it's the same in the high school one and in the high school one they start to engage in a little bit of like troublemaking that is beyond normal rule break it's really interesting how they do it because it's like they're still not the bad guys but but they're starting to do stuff where you're like mm, uh oh <laughs> Well, but that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what other villains are in there, but like Harley Quinn is not, especially like I feel in current, most recent canon and a lot of recent portrayals is not really a supervillain. Like she's, she's an anti-hero she, well, now. I guess she just, she just hang, she was always hanging with one, I guess is, you know. Yeah. Well, she started out as a villain sidekick and then found mm-hmm. her independence. I mean, that's what I like when you pull back and look at the whole canon, it's like, you know, the the growth that the characters had through multiple forms of media is really fascinating because just you know started out as like the Joker like Joker's love interest slash sidekick and then I guess because that relationship was always portrayed as sort of abusive 
and then it became so popular to write like you know her finding some sort of like freedom from the joker and then sort of rehabbing her her relationship with you know herself and like not pursuing a life of crime anymore and now she's i guess more commonly canonically romantically involved with poison ivy so it's a big you rarely i don't think you see that that often in media usually you know like batman is there are lots of different iterations of batman but batman has basically always been the same thing the joker's basically always been the same thing you know he's a bad Mm -hmm. guy batman's a good guy you know catwoman has always been kind of an anti-hero Harley Quinn has gone through a whole change throughout, you know, written lore, which is cool. Well, it's it's interesting because I guess if you were going to like liberate her from the Joker, you could go you could have gone two ways with that. Right. Like on one hand, it does liberation for her look like she is the supervillain, you know, like she's the the big bad that can take down Batman. Finally, is that how we empower her or do we empower her by detaching her from the Joker's whole goal because she didn't share that goal, you yeah. know? Well, I, also, I think that's the more interesting path to go, you know? I was just going to say, it's interesting that to me, she's one of the only characters I can think of that like has become so independently popular, like has her own like every, like, personality like you say harley quinn everyone knows like has an idea in their head know what you're thinking about but started as an extension of like another character if that makes sense like i I like that Mm -hmm. progression that it feels very like liberating in a sense for a female character to start as an extension of a male character in a way i know that's kind of like minimizing how she started but in the sense that like you know she was connected to the joker but she's become such her own thing in in culture is is that backstory that she was the therapist who provided therapy for the joker in arkham and then obviously was sort of like taken in by him and fell in love with him and then does she fall in a vat of something too or is she <laughs> uh i mean in in some canons yes uh like in the the, the live action she and I guess actually in the Harley Quinn, uh, the new series, they include that too, that she jumps in a vat of chemicals to prove her her commitment to the Joker. Uh, that's not always true sometimes. Did, didn't that happen too in the one, um, the Suicide Squad one? Yeah. Well, yeah, like all okay. the live action ones have the same rough canon. Okay. Um, yeah. What does the vat of goo do to her? Uh, yeah, I mean, because she's already like her super, like her quote unquote superpowers are sort of question mark because she's a gymnast. Like that's she was always like very athletic. <laughs> oh, she's a gymnast. I didn't know she would see. I knew she was a psychiatrist. I didn't know she, no, was, a she was always a gymnast. So she was she was very athletic. Uh, and I mean, at some point she gets like poison tolerance, but that's from poison ivy. Poison ivy gives that to her. Um but like she's not is she super strong because she carries the big mallet that's well it's like she doesn't really have like superpowers like she's really really smart which is something that that's something that kind of changed like some of her like original backstory as far as her being like uh what is it which one goes to to medical school psychiatrist psychiatrist goes medical school so 
her going to med school, like it was the the reasoning and how she got through it was that she like slept with her her professors, which sucks. And they at at some point kind of retconned that. It's like, no, no, no. Harley's really smart. She's just insane. So she's really, really smart. She's really, really strong, but not superhuman. Like she's not a metahuman. She's not a superhuman. She's just strong because she's been a dedicated gymnast her whole life. And so it's it's weird it's weird then to I don't know. I always wondered what the goose supposedly did to her. I I mean I I mean it what did it do to the Joker? Did it just make him look like yeah, that? Yeah, the the that's the description as far as it's just bleached his skin and turned his lips turned his hair red, green. red and turned yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Like in this in the Suicide Squad <laughs> one, I guess it, it it does like the swirls, like the pink and blue swirls where her hair ends up pink and blue. It's like is that what it did? I don't know. I guess it dyed her hair. They, it dyed yeah, her hair. like two different colors. Uh <laughs> so it was just hair dye. All along the big vats of goo that people fall in in comic books. They're just they're just I hair dye. I mean I guess it it the idea with the Joker and Harley is that maybe it makes them a little crazy. Maybe that's part of it too. Uh but it's not neither of them have superpowers so to speak from the goo that's interesting well i mean it's a the whole i always thought it was a a cool story the idea that she as a psychiatrist obviously like for her to be taken in by the joker you could kind of interpret they interpret that two ways either the joker's just that good you know he's just that like persuasive that someone who had no no inclination to do anything harmful or bad or whatever could be completely swept up in him and change her entire personality because of him. Or you interpret it as that was sort of always in her Mm. and her falling in love with him allowed her to let go of some of her other self to embrace this new self. And then she completely becomes something that serves him and then finally breaks free from him and finds what the middle path is, like who her true self is, which was maybe not the buttoned up psychiatrist, but also isn't as the sidekick to a supervillain, but is something in between that isn't necessarily good or bad, yeah. but is, you know, is human, is both, is all. Well, and I think that's really what I, I always liked about Harley Quinn is that there's this sort of you know, it's something that you hear a lot in relation to superhero comics, especially in a universe like I think a lot of Batman's Rogues Gallery. It bad things happen to them. They don't just wake up one day like I'm going to be a supervillain. Like something happens to them mm-hmm. and they become a bad guy. And something happened to Batman and he became a good guy. So that's it. it's like trauma happens. How you respond to it defines whether you're a hero or a villain. Which I kind of hate that thought because people apply that to real life then it's like no that's not how trauma works at all harley is a little bit closer in as far as like yeah she loses herself you know completely to this you know to the joker and then kind of finds her way back to herself and she still messes up sometimes she's still you know got hang-ups and issues but she's still trying to do good i feel like that's a little bit more relatable (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it it is funny because that if you look at like the shows that Charlie and Cooper watch that portray them as little kids and then as teenagers, that really is the way, I mean, she's portrayed that way from the beginning where it's kind of like, Oh, I know I shouldn't do this, but it seems so like so much fun and I can't help myself. I'm just going to go do this thing. And like, nobody gets hurt, but like she causes messes or, you know, breaks something 
and everybody's like Harley and she's like I'm sorry I just couldn't help myself <laughs> and like that's that's her that's how she is you know she's like their chaotic friend who's always getting into trouble but it's so much fun to hang out with and everybody loves yeah well it's a lot more realistic and enjoyable to watch when you don't have like quote unquote bad guy good guy like mm-hmm. most people are both and I think Harley Quinn is one of the only I don't know, I shouldn't say only is one of the best examples of like a superhero universe character that is not one or the other. Like I feel like in the superhero world you we're not both. Yeah. You know? You're either the good guy or the bad guy. They, and she's definitively not either, really. They have her hanging out with um and they give them all the similar vibe. Like she hangs out with uh Poison Ivy and Cheetah and somebody who can freeze stuff. She's like blue. I don't know who she is. <laughs> and then somebody who can breathe. I, well, I don't know what her uh, is. That her? I don't. I don't know. There's somebody blue who can freeze stuff. Um, Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She hangs out with Elsa. Uh, I forget. Elsa's kind of like know. Harley Quinn in a way. There's more. There's you know? yeah. Got the, the 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 complexity of 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 bad and good and in female care she is she is i mean that i mean we shouldn't talk about frozen but i mean i will say that like she is the villain and the hero yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and then anna is too but like she is the one causing the problem in the beginning of frozen the anti-hero if you Mm -hmm. will it's her Mm -hmm. she's the problem it's her which is unique you know yeah yeah but i mean I don't know. I I I always liked that about because I I thought that was so weird when especially when they brought it into DC superhero girls the little ones yeah because you've got like this little girl gang of Batgirl Wonder Woman Supergirl and like they give them all pretty cool personalities too like they're not all I don't know they're not exactly what you would think they're not all fighting for truth justice in the American way from the beginning you know what I mean like they're more human or not some of them aren't human the Green Lantern hangs out with them the one who's a girl well and then they just start having like like i forget batgirl i think becomes best friends with harley quinn first and the two of them just are like inseparable and they're best friends and the other superhero girls are like just be careful harley can be kind of a bad influence and she's like oh i know but she's my best friend you know it's like a cute little like uh uh-oh hanging out with the bad girls but not really bad just like bad in a kid way well, and Harley, I mean, in the comics and in a lot of the animated properties, interacts with the Bat family in this way, where, like, she, like, some of my favorite comics and episodes of, like, the cartoons are when Harley is teamed up with Batman. Like, <laughs> like it's it's a good dynamic, because she, and she does, she helps them out a lot. Like, there's a, there's a whole canon where she gets, like, her own little, like, it's in her colors, but she has, like, a bat jacket. <laughs> like, um... You know what's interesting? Do you, like, I was trying to think of an example of, like, male superhero characters or supervillains who are portrayed like this. Well, she's... With that sort of flexibility. She's most often, I think that the most common comparison is is probably Deadpool, as far as he's he's supposed to be sort of, quote-unquote, insane, and he's a mercenary, so he can be on the bad side, but usually he's, he's good. That's interesting. I can see that. Yeah, I was just thinking like it. It is a. I I think that 
you could you could see it as somebody saying, well, you know, a, a woman would be more fickle or not, you know, entrenched in her values or whatever. But on the flip side, maybe it's just like she has the complexity to be more than one thing. Whereas, like, it's true. The Joker and Batman are single mindedly exactly what they are all the time. And that's that. I don't know. It's an interesting take on like good and evil. Well, I think it's, I mean, <laughs> I've said before, like, I feel like, you know, in the Batman universe specifically, all of the villains sort of represent like societal problems. And that's also related to like the, tr- whatever trauma happened to them to make them the way they are. You know, you've got, you've got exposure to, to deadly chemicals in environmental you know, trauma, you've got mental illness unchecked, you've got poverty unchecked, mm-hmm. all of these things, which, as an aside, is, you know, um, Bruce Wayne is like a billionaire, could fix all of these with money. He does not need to put on a bat suit and beat people up. He could just fix these things with money and not have a rogues gallery anymore. But um, all of the the victims are usually people that are trying to do the right thing, normal humans just trying to be on the up and up. And Harley Quinn is sort of the answer in the in the sort of insanity of Gotham, Harley Quinn is kind of what you have to be as a person to, you know, have power and have sway after whatever Gotham has done to you has been done to you. Like, you know, you can't just be a law-abiding citizen and expect to have a good life. You kind of have to have some, some, some roughness to you, some, I don't know, some crazy... <laughs> Well, you know what's interesting too. I wonder if what, and I don't you you know way more about all the Batman villains than I do. Like Harley Quinn, also yes, she. I mean, she entered into this relationship with the Joker that was definitely abusive, and so there's like a source of trauma, and then I guess fell into a bucket of goo that did something. Um, Dyed her hair. But prior to that, she at least had enough privilege and power to go to medical school and succeed. And get a career, you know? I mean, like, I wonder if I wonder if that sets her apart from some of the other villains who, like... I don't think the Joker is portrayed as having had any privilege prior to him becoming the Joker. Well, I mean... Uh, Wasn't he a criminal? Wasn't he, like... It, well... He was poor, and so he, he was trying to help a gang of criminals, and... I, I mean, the whole thing with the Joker is he has no setback story. Like... Oh, okay. The... the the comic that gives that canon, the one that I had you all read a while ago, The Killing Joke, the whole framing on it is, you know, sometimes he so- tells the story one way, sometimes he tells it another way. It's like, they, they mimic yeah. that in the, the Dark Knight, where he, you know, mm-hmm. says, oh, how did I get these scars? And he tells a different story every time. So it's hard to say exactly yeah. how he his story came about, but, I mean, I, like, all of, all of not all of them, but most of the rogues gallery has some sort of like trauma, bad thing that happens to them that justifies them being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wonder if her background in psychiatry has given her some tools to work through some of her issues. Well, that's one of my favorite elements. And, it, you know, different people write the character different ways. She's been portrayed so many different ways. And sometimes, you know, they do lean into that. Like, oh, she's just a dumb blonde who slept her way through medical school, which is an odd I don't. I think that would be really hard to yeah. do. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, what decade we're talking about? I certainly think 
bad bad things used to happen more regularly, yeah. you know. And nowadays it's it's harder to get away with terrible stuff like that, like with victimizing medical students and stuff. Certainly I hope so, but um Nah, it would be very hard to do that. I, by modern standards, I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, see, I, I prefer when she's written as like, no, she's really, really smart. She's just, she's just a little bit of a nut. But like, they'll they'll have moments in both the comics and and they do it in the movies too, actually, where she kind of, it, she's using her her psychiatry background to be useful in the moment to sort of quickly psychoanalyze a situation mm-hmm. or a person and, and, you know, make a decision. And I always love that when they click into that, like, by the way, she's a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's running around in like a corset and, you know, hot pants and, and roller skates, but she's a doctor. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's something that before we ran out of time that is worth talking about because <clears throat> Harley Quinn, like Batman always looks like Batman more or less. I mean, I know, like, I don't know, his outfit gets shinier or duller. Or Sometimes it gets nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there are, there are iterations where it's more blue, and then nowadays it tends to be more black. Mm. But, like, overall, Batman kind of looks like Batman. The Joker generally looks kind of like the Joker, you know. Harley Quinn, her color scheme is fairly similar, but obviously she has been portrayed as everything from, like, an actual Harlequin doll-looking thing to something that is very sexualized, hyper-sexualized, like roller derby girl of your dreams. Well, I mean, her look, yeah, it's changed a lot. And I, for a long time, I was a stickler to the original costume. I thought, no, like everything after that was just to trying to make her sexier. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like, I mean, I, I oh God, especially like the new 52 that gave her the, it was a corset with knives along her rib cage, which just functionally seemed like a problem. Um, yeah. Especially because she's an acrobat, so like the the mm-hmm. Harlequin jump jumper made sense. She, you know, mm-hmm. stretchy, flat foot, like that. You can, yeah. you can flip around in that. Of course it doesn't make sense. Uh, kind of whipping it around to the whole roller derby aesthetic, I think, is, mm. you know, I, I get it. I mean, she was also, she was designed for the animated series, which functionally means you have to have a pretty simplified design. Like, you know, that's where mm-hmm. it came from. So I think once she made the move into mm-hmm. comics, a lot of people were like, ah, it doesn't really hold up in like a realistic portrayal. It doesn't have as much like design elements that you can have in a comic. So I, I get the departure, but I don't know. The, the original design is still golden. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's interesting because I don't, does she at least I mean I didn't see this uh, in the in the stuff that I watched and of course I've watched a lot of the little kid stuff so of course I wouldn't <laughs> but like it, designing her that way makes you question do, is that part of her um, is that one of the tools in her toolbox her sexuality does she use that as part of and I I have not seen that a lot but I have not watched nearly as much Harley Quinn material as you have. I think like like her first introduction is a little bit more one note she's the sexy sidekick of the Joker. Uh, but i that's one of the things that I really like about her character, especially in more modern interpretations. It's like, you know, Catwoman is sexy and Poison Ivy is sexy. They use sexuality very much in their whole, their whole shtick. Harley does not. Right. Like, she might be yeah. drawn in like a quote unquote sexy way, but that's, it's kind of like the same, almost like, like I feel like 
Tank Girl has a similar appeal, where she's sort of punk rock. Aesthetically, she might look attractive, but that's she's not about it. Well, that I mean that I I that was always the sense I got, which is why I I I think it is unfortunate the p- portrayals that have been very sexualized because I mean Catwoman uses a whip, Poison Ivy has all of these vines and tendrils and things. She carries a giant hammer in a lot of depictions. There is nothing <laughs> inherently sexy about walking around with a giant mallet that can smash you. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's very it's very much just it's a different kind of energy and power and just because she's pretty doesn't mean it, she has to be sexy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like I appreciate that, I guess. I think my I mean like her her fashion in the Birds of Prey movie, which did either of you see that? Ah, oh, mm-hmm. you should have. Um, because that's the the difference. I feel like the conversation with Harley Quinn is really best encapsulated with her portrayal in the original Suicide Squad movie to her portrayal in Birds of Prey. Because Suicide Squad, as many people have noted, is very much Harley Quinn from a male perspective. There's like whole scenes of her just like getting mm-hmm. dressed to like a sex. They're like, you know, it's supposed to be like, oh look, she's she's changing her clothes. Everybody stops and stares at her. It's like that's that's in a movie that was needed. Very much. And like, you know, there's cut scenes where she's using her whole psychiatry thing to sort of diagnose people. They cut that out. Like, no, we don't need to show her being smart. It's just her being sexy. You know, her outfit Mm -hmm. is completely impractical. And then you cut to Birds of Prey where her outfits are so fun, but they're like fun for the girls. Like it's bright colors. It's, you know, fashion. It's. Like, it's what you would actually, I think if you actually love the characters, like, that's what Harley Quinn would pick out for herself. It's kind of hideous, but in a magical way. <laughs> like, her yeah. costume in that movie, you could believe that the character Harley Quinn picked up those clothes and put them on herself. And mm-hmm. and it's so much more of, like, a, fr- a character free from the, the, I guess, the male gaze. Which is yeah. why I love that movie so much. And why a lot of like bro dudes hated it. It's like, oh no, this is Harley Quinn, not for us. It's Harley Quinn for herself. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I, I, st- I mean, I can still watch that even though I'm not assigned. You it. should. I, Birds of Praise. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. It's, it's definitive Harley Quinn for me. It came out a couple years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. I saw it when it came out, but it's been a while. And the 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 yeah, newer yeah, Suicide really Squad is also really good too. Like the her portrayal in that, it's all mm-hmm. Margot Robbie. I, I hope they yeah they bring her back for more projects. I don't know what's going on with the live action DC universe right now, but <laughs> I have no idea. No, I uh, yeah, I like the new. I liked her in the new Suicide Squad. I saw that, um, and I used to. I tell you, I used to read Birds of Prey comics. Constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I had a yeah, I kept up with every issue and. Like as they came out, I was re. I, I mean, that's been years. That was before I don't know residency and kids and <laughs> all my other things. But um, but I always enjoyed those characters and those stories, and I like that. Whatever that that part of the DC universe. Yeah. Well, and she was uh, never like the you know the original Birds of Prey didn't include Harley Quinn, of course. That's the Birds of Prey mm-hmm. movie with Harley Quinn, but it's it's a Harley Quinn yeah. movie. Um, but I do, and even in the car- the new cartoon, which I do really enjoy, they they have her have a friendship with Batgirl in the more the most recent season, which is really cute. Uh, I don't know. I just it's it's wild to see like uh, the zeitgeist of a character 
like drive it in a direction because it's not like one mm-hmm. person was writing Harley Quinn for the last 20 years just you know created in the 90s and decided to develop the character in this way it's just like through different hands people saw different things in her and like changed her from this kind of one note sexy sidekick to the Joker to this completely different character which is just so cool and liberating I think ultimately mm-hmm. You should sometime watch some of those, the DC Superhero Girls, and um, I think it's called DC Superhero High, is what the other one is called, but like, you would appreciate that, I think. They're cute. They are, they're funny, and, but I don't know. Well, that's cool. Wonder Woman never understands anything about, like, human Earth culture, and so they're always trying to explain things like ice cream to Wonder Woman and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's all very cute. <laughs> But anyway, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you had us talk about Harley Quinn because I know that um, she means a lot to you personally, Tay. Which I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess we didn't really ask you. Usually we ask that question directly. Oh, why, why I like Harley Quinn? Why is this? Yeah. Well, yeah I, why is she important to you? you I know? mean, it's funny how, like, cause, I mean, my, my first tattoo was, like, Harley Quinn diamonds when I was, like, 18, 19 years mm-hmm. old. And that was back when she had just made her appearance in the comic. So there was still a lot of development that happened to her. And I don't know. Now it's, like, it, it, I everybody loves Harley Quinn. And, you know, back then it was almost like, God, especially being in comic book school with a Harley Quinn tattoo. It's like, oh, she's not even a real comic book character. She's sort of the animated series she doesn't count like you just like her because she's a girl <laughs> it's like no because i always thought that she was i don't know she was sometime okay. she was somehow outside of the dichotomy kind of going back to the republican camp thing she was outside of the dichotomy of good and bad she was she was <laughs> figuring herself out and doing her own thing and she had damage but she didn't define herself by her damage she wanted to be good but she didn't like define herself as a good guy she was just, you know, figuring it out along the way. And I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Sure, she may have gone to Republican camp at one point, but... <laughs> Republican camp, <laughs> serving the Joker. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's not fair to the Joker. Yeah, he's, he's insane. I guess canonically <laughs> now he's like a Bernie bro, so... That was well. I don't know. Maybe now the new incel version. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I don't know if that's fair. That's like the people that have made that interpretation of the Joker are the same people that like you know like Fight Club for the wrong reasons. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should do Fight Club sometime. I love Fight Club. You should do Fight Club. Well, we no, we can't. You can't say that on air. Because that's the first rule. Yeah. The fight club is don't talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Taylor. Thank I, you. I, um, and I will see the Birds of Prey movie. You should. Uh, you'd love it. Riley, what's next? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Sydney. Um, we already know. Everyone everyone knows <laughs> yeah. what's next. Everyone, I'm sure. Um, Speak Now, Taylor's version just came out by Taylor Swift uh, a couple days ago. So an album that first came out in 2010 but the her version just came out this year so yeah all right i, I believe uh charlie has already been playing some of it around me so good i'm proud of her mm-hmm. i've taught her well yes all right well we will check that out for next week and um taylor if people are unfamiliar i don't know how you're unfamiliar with harley quinn what's the first <laughs> thing they should what's the first thing they should watch oh gosh i mean 
I guess it depends on on what level of violence you can take. You can always just go back and watch the the Batman animated series episodes with her in it. Her first appearance is the Joker's favor. If you want to just see the the OG OG Harley Quinn. There you go. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us. You should go to maximumfun.org and check out all the great podcasts there that you would enjoy. You can uh, email us at stillbufferingmaximumfun.org and you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And um, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. Too. It's really the cadence. Just do that. Words just blank. Yeah. It's like when I talk to the cats, as long as I'm talking nicely, it doesn't really matter what I say, right? Yeah. They just understand, like, oh, oh, oh. Jack understands every exactly. word I say. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia's looking at me right now as I did that. You talking to me? <laughs> that's oh, for that's me, right? You talk to me. <laughs> oh, oh. Yep, she's looking at me. Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to Maximum Fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.